Hello, and welcome to Becoming, hosted by Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. This podcast is focused on helping you become the best version of yourself. And no matter where you are on that journey, we hope to bring you one step closer with every episode. Now, please join me in welcoming your hosts, Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. Welcome all. Today, we have Sam Ellis as our guest on Becoming. He is the creator of NFT Dungeon, and he is also the head of NFT development for Curio. So Sam, welcome. Good to be here. Thanks Good for having you. me. All yeah. right. Thanks for coming um, on. Why don't we just kind of like we tell all of our viewers, this is just a casual, unscripted uh, session. And um, we just want to get a sense or have our viewers get a sense of um, you and, and what the NFT space looks like sure. to you, what you think the future is of it. But uh, why don't we start with um, what, drew, what drew your attention to oh, the space? Oh, like to NFTs? So, you know, I've been an artist for a long time, um, working at, in it uh, professionally, um, everywhere from comics to uh, cartoons to video games. And, um, you know, the, the whole premise of an artist could be tied to their collector or their patron intrinsically uh, in like perpetuity. Like that to me was like, oh, okay. So someone came by like a picture I did. And then uh, if they sell it, they're like, I never, I no longer want a relationship with you and you're, I'm going to sell it to someone else. I can still be part of that process. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, I know this is not necessarily uh, what drew me to it, but a few days ago, Heritage Auction sold this um, comic book page from Secret Wars uh, drawn by Mike Zek, who's uh, one of my favorite artists. And it sold for uh, $3.3 .3 million, right around there. Uh, of course, he's not getting any of that. Uh, and there's these debates going on in the different art and buyer community on, you know, well, he got paid for that when he did it. You know, he made his $50 and why should he get any of that that sale, uh, even though a majority of artists in like the comic book space, um, they don't get paid squat. I just told you $50 a page. And there's this like misconception on, oh, well, then the sky's the limit. They can just keep drawing more pages. But that's not how comics work. Um, you know, they're very set to between 16 to 24 pages. Sometimes you get a 32 or 64 page issue. And the page ranges, you know, page rates vary, but, but like being able to be tied to all those sales to me as an artist was like, well, that's cool. Um, Cause there's been conventions where I've done a sketch of a character from a show uh, or a comic that I've worked on. And then, you know, you either do it for free or for really low. And then you get home and someone sends you a message and they're like, Hey, look at what's on eBay. And you're like, what the heck? You know, that guy told me it was for his kid and now they're selling it for like a thousand bucks. You're like, son of a gun. Let me go eat my ramen noodles. Um, so, you know, just being able to be um, part of part of that in in not be exploited so much uh, to me was really appealing. Uh, really, you know, I, I tell all the artists, folks I know all the time. 
I don't know why you are so against this space. Like, you know, this is, this is a solution to so many problems that we have and the technology just gets better and better and cleaner and cleaner. Um, And just like anything, you have to start somewhere to pivot into better positions. So, um, so so with that, what what are you saying to artists to kind of bring help onboard them? Yeah. Um, That's so I, I go all over the place. It depends on, what the particular hangups they might have on the technology might be. Well, well, why would someone want to buy it? And I'm like, well, there are people that want to buy it. They're buying it. Um, you know, if you're making art and someone wants to buy it, who cares if, if it's a digital thing and, you know, other people are like, well, I can just take it. Well, guess what? Uh, that page that Mike Zek uh, drew that someone just bought, I have the comic. I can look at it and go, yeah, it looks cool. I've seen reproductions of it. I can look at it and go, yeah, that's cool. But I also think it'd be cool to own the actual one, you know, the authentic one. And, um, you know, let people know, hey, you know, what's the best way to say it? Like, because I'm a lot more verbose with my friends. And I don't want you to can, be you that can way. Be verbose. You can oh, be I don't want to do it online. <laughs> be you your know. authentic self, Sam. Come on now. You know, I, I'm like, you know, if someone, if someone wants to pay for it and you're able to produce that for them, why not? You know, Absolutely. what's, what's stopping you from doing it? Oh, I think I'll get canceled. Okay. This is what I tell everyone. If they're going to cancel you because they're not going to support your, decisions to try to make a living they're not your friends if they're going to go hey you know what i'm gonna ride this high horse and go you're killing the environment guess what uh you drink running water you're killing the environment use a a battery car you're killing the environment you know whether, whether someone's mining nickel or lithium or whatever else everything we do pretty much is destroying the environment. Doesn't mean we can't be a good and faithful steward to that environment in so many different ways. Um, Like later, so, okay, March 22nd is World Water Day. Um, I am helping a charity uh, called Drop in the Bucket um, that is supported by Henry Rollins. And what they do is they dig wells in Uganda and Sudan. they fly from here to get there. That uses all sorts of fossil fuels, which hurts the environment. However, when they get there and they build these wells to bring these small villages running water, they're bringing them running water, which helps sanitation. Uh, one of the coolest secondary effects of bringing them clean water to drink uh, or to wash with is all of a sudden these girls have to carry water 10 miles, you know, back to the village are able to get educated. Then when they're able to get educated, they have options. Um, There is less of an overpopulation problem where the, there are not enough resources to feed the people in those areas. Um, That is something that, to me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not just looking at how do we help tomorrow, but how do we help today? And if I can do that with NFTs, uh, 
which is uh, I, I'm getting ready to drop a couple generative um, NFTs uh, that are based on um, the African area and in water being brought to the desert. And 100% of those proceeds are going to go towards the drop in the bucket charity because I'm like, look, if I can do something with my art today to help people today and tomorrow, then I'm going to do it. You know, I think that's awesome. Um, how do you, how do you pick your projects? You're passionate, but and there's so many projects out there to choose from. Yeah. What do, so, you, what do you look for in a project? So one of my side projects, uh, I work with two people. They go by Crypto Meowthy and uh, Wag Me XO, and uh, the company's called Cool Fun Stuff. So <laughs> the way I pick projects is I have the Cool Fun Stuff criteria, which is one, is it what I deem is cool? Uh, two, is it fun? And then three, is it stuff? Um, but I, I do that because I, you know, I, I've been really fortunate in this space. Um, I've worked on some projects that have done really well, and I'm in a place where I don't really have to work, but I'd like to work. Um, and, you know, when I do stuff with Curio, um, my, my positioning there is to help um, these legacy brands come in and have the, uh, this is how this community views the relationship between uh, the people producing NFTs and consuming NFTs. And it's important to be authentic and not to be uh, optically predatory. <laughs> like, um, you know, if if a company is going to license uh, an IP to uh, a company to produce their NFTs, it's how much support are they going to give those properties? If they're not giving any support and it's just a license play, it comes off very cash grabby and that scares the community. And they're like, well, there's going to be no long-term support for this project. I'll put money into it. And there might be a quick pop for a day or two where there's FOMO and then it'll settle back down and then go far below uh, what I paid for it. Um, so when I'm looking at projects, I want to get involved with people that want to do something long-term, you know, like I'm going to, create uh, not just a project, but um, uh, I don't want to say a lifestyle brand, but, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm making something for people to enjoy for a long time and hopefully um, an engaged community, you know, like uh, to me, I, I see a lot of these discords that have um, huge amounts of uh, people in them. And I'm like, that's cool. But I always look to see what the engagement is to go, you know, how is this community thriving? You know, is it a bunch of bots or are they, you know, organically grown people? Um, then how many of them are, are users in the crypto space uh, versus just, you know, coming in and like wanting to be a part of it, which is fine too. You know, uh, not everyone has to have a wallet. I think they should though. So that they, they can get an NFT. Um, Cause you know, the people that are like unsure, um, it's one of those things like riding a bike. You just have to kind of experience it. Yeah. Um, like when I first got into this space, you know, and I was wanting to sell, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to buy an NFT. And now my wallet has thousands uh, of NFTs in it. And I'm like, how did I get here? You know, <laughs> what, 
what if, what if, you know, I was, what was I watching? I think I was just flipping through stuff on YouTube and like I left the room for a second and I came back in and it, it had like settled over like a pawn star clip or something. And they were looking at, um, it was either a Picasso etching or like a, like a, some other painting. And they were like, look, the average person doesn't have, you know, 4,000 bucks to spend on a painting. And I'm like, no, that's true. I get it. And I'm just thinking about all these daggone JPEGs I have in my, uh, my wallet. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I feel a little ashamed because I know there are people out there in the Uganda and Sudan that have so little. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what would my pioneer ancestors say, you know, as they're, uh, going across the country and it's like, um, <laughs> Oh no, uh, someone's got diphtheria or, you know, uh, they've got the whooping cough again. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, man, I live like a king. I've got air conditioning. I've got heat in the house and I've got a ton of JPEGs in my, in my wallet. Um, it's just a weird time to be, which is why I'm like another reason, uh, in the cool, fun stuff. It's like, I think helping people's cool and fun. So, you know, this whole space from what we found is, is incredibly collaborative. Yeah. Collaborative collaborative, giving unconditional. It's not like, Oh, I'm here. I'll give you this information, but you know, here's my, here's my hourly rate. You know, mind blowing. It's not like that. We want to see everyone succeed, you know, like, I mean, when I was a kid, uh, I was working at a comic shop and like uh, image comics had launched all the artists they felt underappreciated. A lot of the stuff went to the writers and, you know, uh, some of these guys were breaking records and they didn't, they didn't even get as Todd McFarlane said, we didn't even get a gold watch. And uh, you know, we sold over a million copies, of Spider, not even a watch. So, you know, they decided to come up with their own company and they, they marched out uh, and gave their manifesto to the guys at Marvel and then went across the street to DC and DC guys are like, Oh man, they're going to come over here to work. And then they gave them that manifesto. They started their own company and it was such an exciting time. But being as young as I was, I was like, Oh man, I'm never going to have that moment again. Um, Cause I was always kind of aware, like, you know, you have people like Madonna and Michael Jackson in the eighties. And that was as, you know, television was hitting this like, uh, I'm going to use words that I don't know. I'll say something like penultimate or something like it was hitting this summit where, you know, I don't think that we're going to see stars in that kind of caliber at that point in time because of almost the, it's not quite decentralized, but they did the same thing with like skating in the eighties where, uh, into the 90s, late 90s, all the big skate companies had broken up into all these smaller shops. So you had all these different little micro brood um, things. And and I see that kind of in the NFT space. I, you know, as far as like feeling like I missed that moment with image, I was like, hey, there's this new frontier. And for a year and a half, I just kind of watched and lurked and you know because i didn't know enough about the tech i couldn't write anything solidity you know and i was like i don't know where to get started and um i was working at konami and um just 
watching closely my friends and I would talk about it. We just, you know, we didn't even talk to the engineers. We should have. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, boy, it was exciting to get in when I did. And it's still yeah. so early. Like it, it is early. So so for probably a lot of our viewers aren't that familiar with the technology and yeah. NFTs. What would be your advice to someone who is interested but doesn't know where to start yeah. as far as learning about NFTs? So, you know, there's some good YouTube uh, uh, videos. Just, you know, put in what is an NFT and just start watching those. Um, getting involved in the communities. There's a, a, a podcast slash YouTube show slash uh twitter called bankless which is a good place mm -hmm. you know to hop in and hear some of their stuff um uh but like getting involved in the community going to the different platforms and just looking at it there's a ton out there that um uh are pretty creator friendly like you bring in something like you can go on OpenSea, or as I like to call it broken sea uh, <laughs> because it's down so often but you can go on there and literally within uh, a few minutes, upload an image. If they've used something like DeviantArt or Tumblr or whatever, you're adding your artwork, you're writing in uh, the name of it, and then you can sell it uh, without having to pay like some, your initial transaction fee, yeah, if you're doing it on Ethereum, it's going to cost something, but you could do it on the Polygon Matic network and just get started where you can, start building up some of the uh, the revenue that you might need to then convert over to like an L1 like Ethereum and uh, put it on that uh, platform um, or blockchain rather, because uh, the platform is the, the place that you're at. Um, I mean, you know, I, I get, so every once in a while I get pulled into these Twitter discussions where I'm like, wanting to be helpful, but then, you know, the form of Twitter is like, here's only X number of, you know, characters and I'll be going through doing my regular stuff and see someone that's like the barrier to entry is so high. And I'm like, the barrier to entry is not very high right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, here's, here's how you make an NFT. Step one, make some art. Step two, mint. Step two, a, if you don't know what minting is, look it up on YouTube. Step three, <laughs> Then mint, you know, step four, uh, sell NFT, step four, if you can't sell your NFT, build a community. Because like if you're going to sell anything, you have to have a product. What is a product? Either a service or uh, a good. And then you have to have someone to sell it to. And if you, if you don't build a community, it's like that uh, that grasshopper. Uh, and the old Disney thing where he's going around, he's like, oh, the world owes me a living, you know, and um, <laughs> that that mindset, it's it's silly. It's like, um, you know, I, I went to an art school called SCAD, um, Savannah College of Art and Design, and a lot of the kids there, they go are pretty rich. I was not. Uh, I was the kid that uh, in school would sometimes wear the same shirt more than one day in a row because like. There were not many options. Uh, so, you know, I would, I, I go to this school and um, I go a little older than most of the kids are because I'm having to pay my way to go through it. 
And they thought that at some point Orson Welles would show up and give them the standard rich and famous contract from the Muppets. And I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't happen. You have to work, you know, work will win when wishy washing wishing won't like it takes some kind of force to do something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, whether, I mean, that's how art's done. Like art's cool. And yeah, we can look out. I'm looking at it snow right now. And I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. That's art. But like, I'm experiencing that. No one else is right now. I mean, other people might be experiencing snow, but not not my view. So, you know, I hear people that get really, I'm, I'm going to go on a slight rant here, just because <laughs> of where NFTs are going and, and people's misconceptions of um, what what art is and how it's made. And I think that, um, you know, in the early, early days, uh, people would get charcoal, chew it up in their mouth, add a little water, use their hand and blow the charcoal on cave walls to create cave paintings. And it wasn't them themselves that's putting that. I mean, I guess you could be gross and do it with blood or something, but I don't know how long that would last in time. Um, But later they would use vine charcoal to draw on surfaces. Later on, they would use graphite. Now, people that use pencils today are not compressing the graphite themselves. They're not adding something to bond it together. They're not harvesting the wood and making their own pencils. They're typically buying something that someone else has done. People that use computers to aid them in their artwork, they're not making the software. They, They might, but they're probably not building the computer. They're not harvesting and creating glass or you know, the metal or the different components there. It, it's all part of this human collaborative experience. We stand on the shoulders of giants mm-hmm. and it's, you know, even an individual art piece is this like collaboration between so many different people and industries that I think it's super cavalier when um, I'll see people on like foundation or other platforms going, I'm so mad when someone does this generative art and they have an algorithm do something for them or they put it, they just put in some keywords and I'm like, but even, even though that tool of the computer and the algorithm that had to be written, it's not acting on itself until somebody somewhere goes, uh, desert water sky. And then going through and then and then deciding what piece they're going to show out of the different permutations of what the computer is learning through AI and, and training and stuff. And I really hate it when I hear it from like photographers and I'm like, I get it. You have to point and aim the camera and get the composition right and the lighting and pick the subject. But so does everyone else, whether they're drawing or whether they're putting it in or whether they're writing poetry, you know, they still have to take some action. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, it's never captured. And in that taking action is what people need when they enter the NFT space. You know, a lot of them will see something. I watched so many people enter in February last year, right after Beeple's big sale, and they thought, 69 million, woohoo, money laundering. I can do this. And they would take pictures of like a hemp necklace with seashells. 
And they would spend a lot of money to make an NFT and put it out there and then not promote it and then not do anything with it. It's the follow through. Yeah. It's not just yeah. the idea. It's, it's exactly. how, how to execute. So many people yeah. get, can get to the starting line, but just don't get past it and certainly yeah. don't cross the finish line. Yeah. Um, and, and with anything new, you know, it's, it's human nature. People are yeah. afraid of change. They're, you know, they, they'll come up with more excuses to stay where they are than they will come up with, you know, solutions to move past that. It's always exactly. fear, fear of something. Yeah. Um, what would you say uh, would be red flags to somebody who was looking to buy an NFT when you're talking about, you want something that is going yeah. to hold its value so, or go up. Are there any, you know, things so that you can my, say to look for? I have stuff in my wall that no one else wants. Um, and it's, you know, my strategy is different than other people. I know a lot of people that get into it to buy and flip, and that's fine. I don't blame them for that. I only buy what I like. Um, I do that with comic books. <laughs> it was, you know, when I was in uh, Virginia uh, not too long ago, I, I stopped at a comic shop and I was like, holy crap, they have this old wrestling comic book. It's not, it was five cents, but it brought back memories from when I was a kid. And I was like, I'm buying it, you know? Um, you know, I do that with regular art too. If I see something that I like, it could be unknown. They could be uh, no longer wanting to support what they were going to do. You know, um, there's no real way to judge. I, okay, there's lots of ways to judge where the market's going to go. You can look at metrics. You can see uh, who's invested in it. You know, there's other key indicators that you can look at. But like when I look at people like Vincent Van Gogh and I'm like, okay, he made a crap ton of paintings. And uh, no one bought them. And then someone bought one. And then six months later, he died because he killed himself. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I, I get it. Someone that just bought at that point in time, are they like, hey, do you have a roadmap? <laughs> like, where, where are you going to go with this? I don't care about roadmaps. I know a lot of people do, but for me, I'm I'm very big on the I just get something I'm like I like it I'm gonna vibe with this you know whether it's a photo or a derpy hot dog walking um, you know that's that's for me um, mm -hmm. other people it really depends on the what they want to get out of it like if they want to do it as an investment um, they have to research I think the people uh, that are doing it um, see what they've done before and then create kind of a, a, a risk uh, assessment on like, do I want to see if this goes where I think it'll go? Or do I want to have, you know, uh, like, hey, this is a guy that already or gal uh, that already has um, a ton of uh, uh, clout in the space. And it's just an, another one of their, you know, is this and then and then decide how uh, risk adverse you are like, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll try on all sorts of things coming out and go, Hey, uh, I'm, but again, I have to see it and go, Oh, I like that. It clicks with me. Right. Um, right. Otherwise, you know, I, I'd rather not. I have bought one or two things that I'm like, not proud of that. I'm like, you know, and some friends say, Hey, we got to get these. And I'm like, what, what, what get a good, get a what we're in a meeting. They're like, yeah, but free to mint. And they're going like crazy. And I'm like, okay. And I have all these stupid alien punks in my, um in my wallet and i'm like 
I'm trying to give them away. No one wants them. You know, I'm like, all right, whatever. I mean, at the uh, end of the day, though, I, I, that's a big point right there. You, you just brought up. You have to like it too. Don't invest in NFTs, especially since it's so new and you don't have research. If you're new to the space, don't just buy yeah. something because somebody told you it's it's hyped up and, and exactly buy it because you can a, afford that money and you, you actually like it. Like for me personally, like I had this conversation on LinkedIn last night and uh, somebody posted um, about this and the whole concept of like NFTs versus stocks and comparing how it works. Yeah. For me, I, I commented saying like I whether this was an NFTs or just like flipping goods or whatever that is on eBay and different things like that. Like right. I have a trouble, I have trouble actually selling it. Like, cause it's like, well, I bought that because I liked it or whatever a pair of shoes that I yeah. or an NFT. I'm like, I bought the NFT cause I liked it. I want to be part of the community. Like I don't want to sell this. Cause then especially with NFTs, I'm no longer in that community. So that's something yeah. that you have to take into account for. Yeah. I mean, really for a lot of, well, even even like if you're going to get like an art block or a, an X copy, um, like a one of one, when you're buying it, you are more or less buying access to a club. Right. You know, yep. it's like here's a bunch of like minded people that also like this. Now you're a holder of it, you know, a verified holder. What does that get you? Um, sometimes it gets you in real world tangible goods. Sometimes it gets you uh, access to events. Um, sometimes it's just access to the community of like-minded admirers of a piece of art. And, um, you know, that's also uh, a thing to look at and go, you know, is this something that you want? It right. could be a, a key to that. So what I'm super curious about is to see the kind of difference in your time in creating NFT artwork and being in this space versus your time, let's say, for those of you who don't know, Sam worked on Archer. I believe you were the, I don't really know the entire process of the story. Designer, yeah. So I, I drew pictures um, and they would just show up in the, the show. We'd have different animators move those. And I had a team of um, people working with and under me, um, which we called designers, but they were basically drawing the characters in Adobe Illustrator and creating little digital puppets. Um, uh, way different. So uh, I like NFTs better because um, one, you're your own boss. Um, you still have people that you answer to, you know, the people that are buying the work. I mean, that's, you know, again, that was the part that drew me to it. It was like, wow, I could be connected to the end user. When people would see stuff on TV, you know, there was a connection, but it's not the same, um, you know. Uh, there's fans, but then there's fans that are like, look, I'm going to invest and buy and be a part of this and support you directly. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, <laughs> the payoff is way better with NFTs. Like, you know, it's all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow. Like this, I don't want to get into some of the, the weird stuff on Archer, uh, there was a point in time where I was like the lowest paid person uh, on the show and the highest paid person on the show. And, uh, you know, just the way the contract was written. And, um, you know, now it's like uh, if I want to get screwed over, I, I'd have to screw myself over just by going, well, let me put some limits onto you know, how life can be lived. Um, this relationship, I just, you know, um, uh, it's, what is your philosophy on how life should be lived? Uh, so my, this is, uh, my philosophy. 
I, I told it someone they I shouldn't have told them because of the timing. Um, I did not realize that uh, they had just recently gone through a divorce. But they asked me on like, what is my philosophy? And I was like, no other success in life can compensate for failure within the walls of your own home. Uh, I'm a very family first kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always try to take care of uh, my family's needs. And for me, if I'm not looking after them in their best interests, um, then I feel like I'm failing as, as, a, as a parent and as a spouse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, everything that I do, <laughs> I feel like Brian Adams. Uh, you know, it's like I do it for these guys uh, within these walls, you know, and they've been with me through really highs and really lows. Uh, there was a, a point in time where, you know, the housing market crashed. Uh, shows weren't picking up um, uh, commercials. We found ourselves displaced out of a home, um, you know, sent the family out to stay with her folks. So I try to scratch a living. Um, found myself under a bridge, literally and metaphorically, for a period of time. Uh, luckily, I had the tools to get out of that situation, but it was just, yeah. it was uh, eye opening to me to see how anyone could quickly get thrown into a situation. Mm. Where it's easy to judge people. So, you know, going through that and having um, those experiences just, you know, solidified, you know treat people cool. I've got the D bad principle. Don't be a dick. Uh, you know, uh, family first and in, in my eyes. So it's like when I take jobs, uh, I'm always looking at the work-life balance and go, am I spending too much time on work? Because what, what is it that I really want to do in life? And it's like, I want to do stuff with these guys. That's, you know, right. why I got involved with them. Um, so, you know, uh, try not to rob banks yep. or trains. Um, uh, the only stealing you do is hearts and minds. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's just, just be cool and friendly with people. And like, um, I don't know if it was, you know, working in the comic scene and at comic conventions, but the organizations there, when you see so many people trying to do the same thing, we've always been really friendly and open with uh, strategies and, and just what our working methods and techniques are. Um, You know, I've had people tell me, Oh, don't tell them they'll go out and they'll do that. And you won't be able, you know, they're going to steal your idea or whatever. And, and I'm like, I don't really care. Like, you know, it's, it's fine. Cause I'm going to do what I do. Right. They can't be you. We always yeah, say that, yeah, you, you know, there's only yeah. one of us. Right. So right. be that person. Yeah, exactly. Put your own, own twist on things. Yep. Yeah. No, it's so true. We believe the same philosophy. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's nice to be able to have uh, make a living out of something that you truly enjoy. So it doesn't yeah. really seem like work. So I can um, buy dinosaur toys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, this has been awesome, Sam. I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh yeah, um, no, to sit, sit with us, and um, we'll have you back again. But this was this yeah. was fantastic. Awesome. Thanks Great. for having me. You Thank got you it. for listening to this episode of Becoming. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.